0: Hello, and welcome back to the Inquisitor podcast with me, Marcus Kauke. Today, my guest is James Farmer, who is co-founder of B2B Marketing. James, welcome. Marcus, hello to you. Excellent. Would you mind giving 60 seconds on your background, how you got to where you are? 60
1: seconds. Very, very quickly. I uh, graduated university, got into publishing, uh, worked for Elsevier for many years. And started off in a marketing department, moved into more biz dev publishing role uh, by the end. And throughout my time there, I loved marketing. But while I was working, there wasn't any information on B2B, B2B marketing, come to that in a minute. And most of all the training, all the post-grad stuff was on consumer brand information training, best practice, which really doesn't map over fully into the B2B world. And I and a buddy from university who was also in the kind of B2B trade space as a, as a journalist and editor, we thought, hang on a moment, this is a massive on market. This is poorly represented in the, in the world, let alone in the UK. And uh, we thought it would be a perfect opportunity to set up what then was a magazine dedicated to the B2B marketing sector. And I've been doing that for the last... 15, 16 years, and our business has changed dramatically over that time. But our premise of supporting a very large industry on delivering far better marketing to well, supporting internal mechanics of business and an external presence and brand and direct comms, and we've been doing that ever since, and we haven't looked back, and it's been a bit of a
0: roller coaster, but it's been fantastic. Cool. Okay. Let's start out with the 1000000000 dollar question. Why is so much marketing so shit and there is so much money wasted on it?
1: Do you know what? I knew you were going to ask that question because you said you would. So uh, I thought, now I'm not turning this around in the interview, it was very unfair, but there is a general misunderstanding of what marketing is. So in the context of the question and
0: a little bit of fair play, can you tell me what bit of marketing do you think is wasted? Well, I can tell you what marketing is, in my opinion, which is anything that touches the customer in any way, shape, or form, including sales. Sales is a subset of marketing. And the stuff that's wasted largely is collateral because people misuse it. And most of it is written in an incredibly selfish manner where they're talking about themselves making themselves a hero. $56 billion a year is wasted on Facebook adverts that get zero interaction. And I suspect it's not just on Facebook, it'll be on LinkedIn, it'll be on Google and every other platform there is. And most of the marketing is self-congratulatory, masturbatory, and largely focused on making the vendor the hero instead of the
1: customer. Masturbatory,
0: but sex does sell. Well, I'm sure it does, but it doesn't sell any products of the type that we're talking about. So help me understand why is it that marketeers have not got into their heads that invading people's space, interrupting and talking about yourself is not in any way attractive. That's like walking up to someone in a nightclub and saying, hello, what's your name? Enough about you, let's talk about me.
1: And that's why I never did very well in nightclubs.
0: There you go. Uh
1: How you phrase it there, you're right, it's indefensible. That is an unfortunate consequence of some marketing which goes on in the world. What I think is really important is there is a a huge difference between the type of marketing that we are exposed to as consumers as the complex marketing function that you see in the business-to-business market. And though I can talk about all the consumer advertising, but as long as you like, that comes more from a layman's point of view as experiencing the same sort of rubbishy marketing that goes on on uh, consumer brands. But not all of it is bad, and the, the matter of fact is, and I'm sure you ask this question to everyone, there is just so much money wasted everywhere in the world. Oh, God, yeah. Regardless of company or job function, role, output, and I think that's the primary problem across the board. In B2B marketing, and I think for anyone who hasn't dawned on the difference between B2C and B2B, B2B is the marketplace between one business and another versus the consumer stuff, which is the stuff that we we get thrown through our letterboxes from pizza ads to, let's say, Facebook ads to buy stuff. The way that B2B is sold, the way that businesses sell to other businesses, there is a longer sales cycle. It's based on an awful lot of research, trust, relationship building. There are examples where B2B and B2C have similar kind of considered purchases, but on the main, the complexity of, a, of B2B marketing is such that if you think you could make a sale of a, I don't know, a £1 million uh, turbine, or, or I was going to say a truckload of bands, that's like almost mixing metaphors, <laughs> And you can do How that through
0: vans. Transport,
1: yeah. That you can do that on Facebook advertising alone It's right. never going to happen. The majority of B two B marketing that goes on, we will not experience because it is hyper targeted to particular verticals and job functions of which we ourselves only occupy one or, or two, if you're, if you're unlucky. And so, it is very hard to judge. Unless you're right in the middle of the industry, you know, if it's if generally the health of that industry, and I would say in the sense of B2B marketing, it is only improving. Marketing is not just the element that you see, which is the collateral part, which is which would be predominantly called advertising. It is very much a part of managing the customer experience, which is a touch point across an internal fun- the entire internal business function, and then how that's reflected through the brand and through the communications that go out. Huh? Well,
0: in theory, you're absolutely right. But most organizations, in my experience, are broken down into silos. And each time you move from one silo to the next, there's a gulf rather than a gap. And when you do the handover between them, the customer just sees your brand or your company but the experience they have will vary. You might have a great marketing function. You might have great biz dev people. You might have uh, even a halfway decent salesperson. And then you hand over to operations and it turns to shit. And all of that customer experience is part of the marketing function. So how do you manage the gaps? To be honest, there are
1: umpteen examples of that poor relationship between sales and marketing, poor relationship between marketing trying to deliver that great customer experience but at the same time there are similar numbers of examples where it works well and actually
0: so give me examples help help me see that because i'm a grizzled old cynic
1: if we just a bit more time to to talk around the edges first and we'll go into the examples now interestingly we do work mainly with enterprise and mid-sized companies and we are a media. Predominantly, we're a media, and we're sharing best practice. We do have an advisory part, but we very much in the uh, the of collating best practice and sharing amongst others to be able to improve their own function. What is in the heart of all marketing, and this is on both consumer and B two B, but particularly B two B, is the quality of data, and that underpins the type of experience a customer will have. And joined up data. The bigger the company you go to, the harder it is because it's not as if big corporates are siloed in a sense that sales sit in one place, PD sits in another, marketing is another place. Within those huge corporates, there are multiple businesses, and some businesses are set up better to be to adapt to a changing marketplace because they are contained. These smaller business units are contained with. Their own uh, infrastructure. It is the very large corporates which have a harder job of doing it, and partly because, especially in the tech sector, they are selling multiple bits of technology that they've acquired over the years and then trying to ram it into one customer to provide a solution. Some companies are better at doing it than others. But the bigger you go, the relationship is... Is more important and actually having a consistent message. And that goes very much down to how well the sales and marketing function are integrated. And there's been a huge amount of progress made, and especially in the tech sector, because they are in many ways leading the way because they own the very technology that enables you to do it, and they're deploying it well first. You know, interestingly, you know, you and I aren't really part of that ecosystem because we are both part of small and medium-sized businesses where our technology is limited to the size of our business. So we're not in in, their, in the realms of big enterprise sales because we ourselves are not in that, um, occupy that space. But we have got great examples of how challenger and large corporates are providing, using the technology to provide quality experience at not just, there's never just one end user, there are multiple users. And it goes through from the data to nurture to then onboarding, and then and then throughout the customer life cycle. That actually in the B2B sense is, is as important, if not more important, uh, as once marketing and sales have won that customer, that actually they retain that throughout the whole life life cycle because as we all know winning it uh, retaining a new piece of business retaining, retaining a business is much more efficient than going out and constantly winning them and then hemorrhaging a customer and tech brands are growing and growing and it demonstrates that they do deliver good customer loyalty it's not just the tech sector there are examples across the board and those custom, those businesses that grow faster are the ones who have demonstrated their best, they're utilising marketing to their best ability and who have put customer in the centre of their business. And that's the kind of lingo going on is the business that put customer in half of their business are the ones that will do the best. And yeah, marketing should be driving that forward. And I think, if anything, that's where most of the ground needs to, to be made. And those that are, I'm talking riddles a little bit. It is all very well sitting here saying, put customer in your business, and marketing should be owning that customer. But not that, this, is a, this is a thing which has been around for, for the last 10 years. And slowly, surely, things are changing, and technology is the piece. The digital revolution, which started 10 years ago or so, a lot of the platforms were very good, but they didn't connect with one another. And I think that's going back to the data piece. That's the hardest challenge and technology is improving. And if marketing, where marketing owns the data and understands how to combine and and actually create a better internal landscape of who is is doing what, it delivers a better
0: result. So tell me this. You say that there are these great practices, best practices. Tell me a little bit more about that, because that's the stuff I think people are really interested in well i mean we
1: publish a lot of material across the different aspects of marketing and not just you know advertising what's great creative in fact the majority of stuff we deliver on is on customer experience and uh, technology but one of the one of the main trends at the moment that we've been covering is abm account based marketing and it's a move away and many businesses have been doing this, but it's a move away from blanket marketing to actually profiling the customers you've got, understanding who they are, and then mapping them against either data that you've got already or against the marketplace which you haven't yet acquired or customers you haven't yet acquired to target with personalized messaging Working very closely with the sales team to identify who they are, agree the messaging, and then to nurture those leads so they are ready to be followed up by sales. So they are beyond that of just leads showing you know intent and potentially buying, to actually informing customers and getting them warmed up so that when a contact is made. The prospect has sufficient amount of information that they are comfortable to talk to salespeople in a consultative fashion, rather than in an old-fashioned direct sale. Now, in a B two B context, that's where people are making most ground, and it is the furthest away from you know pop-up ads and Facebook advertising as you can get. Though in fact. I'm not actually arguing against it because, you know, in, in many instances, targeting people in the first instance on LinkedIn advertising can work and will work. But it's, it's moving away from, oh, I've just got a lead because they downloaded something, let's go straight to sales, but actually taking down this journey. For a long time, people used to call it a funnel. And Mark, I suspect you know all about this, yeah? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the funnel in theory, is a fantastic way, and I still think it's a fantastic way of explaining to people how you take someone on a, on a proper journey. But it doesn't work in that kind of linear fashion. And in fact, it's all over the place. But in fact, talking about the relationship and how to onboard potential customers of the future with salespeople so they are fully aligned and no one is jumping too soon on them, Is the best way of delivering valuable pipeline and ultimately, you know, customers who feel that
0: they've actually gone on the journey with you.
1: Yeah.
0: Agreed. I mean, I, I think you have to personalize, you need to enter the customer's world and find them where they are. You need to make sure your message is contextually relevant. And you need to listen to your customer, which again, is where I see an awful lot of companies not getting it right. Those that do, you've got companies like Outreach, Marketo, you've got companies like UiPath, ficotic they are just at the top of their game. And you know they do a fabulous job. My concern is that so often when One of my favorite definitions of an entrepreneur is someone who creates an elegant solution to a problem that doesn't exist. And very often what you find is that companies produce product and often they haven't listened to their customer anywhere near enough in terms of the design of those products and services. And I think that's really where one of the most powerful uses of marketing can come in. It's actually a listening activity when it's done really well. I, I um, couldn't, so. couldn't agree more. I mean, I couldn't
1: agree more. And, you know, and, and this is the great thing about how our conversation is going, is it's moving away from the advertising piece, yeah? and it's going into customized marketing. I mean, in B2B, I mean, I have not seen for a while somebody selling a high-value product and trying to whiz it through on a banner ad anymore. It's Content marketing is, has been the mainstay now in the industry where you don't just talk about yourself. You are delivering actually high-value content to your customer, demonstrating you understand what their pain points are and introducing your company's approach without directly name-dropping yourself and how to overcome it. And that's how you win hearts and minds. Something which is going on very much as well at the same time is brands which can storytell. So storytelling is a a, a big new thing. Yeah, absolutely. People don't want to hear the features anymore, especially uh, in in some parts of the the market where you've got commodity products. They want to hear about your values. They want to hear about how you actually got there. They want to hear about how you like working with people, how you, how you treat the marketplace. And it's beyond sort of sycophantic CSR stuff. Yeah? It is actually truly what your brand stands for. And I think that way, you, if it's done well and, and it's honest and it actually can be backed up, that's another way of treating hearts and minds. I mean, for years, there's been a raging argument about what's the difference between B2B and B2C. It's all marketing at the end of the day because we're all humans. In fact, the way that you sell consumer products is very different to the way you sell them and B two B. You know, it's a little bit like saying there's no such thing as a family lawyer and a corporate lawyer. It's just all law. Well, actually, we all use the lawyers all use the same tools, but the way they go about their business is very different. But people are human, and though the buying the buying cycle and the points of how you select your next supplier or vendor, or whatever, are based on a different set of matrix a different matrix um I was gonna say values but in fact there are values in there we want to be able to trust someone and believe that they've got your interests at heart I
0: think trust is earned by understanding and by listening and really by paying attention and I'll take you to task on this only because I've seen so much you only have to go on to virtually any tech website now there are fabulous examples which i 'll give in a second, but there are so many examples of technology companies that talk about we and us and our, and they blather on the landing page is their corporate headquarters, and then they take you to they try and drive you to a demo, then they uh, force you to trawl through page after page. By which time you've lost the will to live of technical shit. I had uh, an approach last year by one very large, very successful hardware manufacturer that wanted to talk about their hardware. Now, if they wanted to sell a lot of it rather than just take orders, then they needed to build story into it. They needed to make it relevant and contextually appropriate. But they didn't. What they wanted to do was they wanted to blather on about how their carbungulator was better than the defibrillator on the rippets of the traditional uh, defibrillator. And you just think, oh, my God, I wish it would end. Now, one of my favorite examples is Kahoot. Kahoot, for those of you who are not familiar with it, is a learning platform. And it gamifies learning. And they are a sub $2 million business based out of some backwater in Oslo. Um, Well, maybe some frontwater, who knows? And they have a billion unique users, a billion unique users, 70 million of whom use it every day. Now, that's quite incredible, because what they did, and this is the really smart thing, was they got their customers to do their marketing for them. Now, to me, that is the pinnacle of outstanding marketing.
1: I can agree. And I think what you've done there is you've underpinned... Two things. One is, you know, your original question is: all marketing is wasted. All marketing, and I know that's you've said that.
0: I said uh, why is so much of it? Why so much?
1: Okay, why so much? But you're right. So much is wasted. Uh, Yet there are examples of fantastic marketing which goes on. We we have an awards well, we have a few awards programs. Our main awards every year. The submissions are highly contested, and the work done is just fantastic. It's a results driven. Award. So the thing where marketing has B2B, B2B has always been accountable, but since the digital revolution, it has found it harder to actuate the money spent to the outcome of, of a sale. But in fact, there are for the, for the money that you can't attribute to, there are many great examples where there are. That's a great example. I think that going forward, the point is that product sale companies that continue to push just a product narrative are the ones that will not survive over the next
0: Agreed. five years. Yeah, 100% and that, agree.
1: And it is, if it's to anyone out there who doesn't believe in marketing, by that just one example you've given there, Marcus, it demonstrates that. The companies who do not buy into it and do not get the best marketers, who do not train the marketers, who do not, as a business from a board down, understand the power of it, they will lose a competitor difference. Actually, even if their product is is better, and actually there are many people in marketing. I'm sure probably shouldn't be in marketing. There are the industry as a whole is fantastic, and the individuals that we come across are exceptional. Not just client side or, or marketers who work within companies, but agencies alike, who are doing very exciting things and understand the problem and understand the very the very point that you we started the, the podcast on. You know, there is a lot of money wasted. The world doesn't like wastage anymore. There isn't enough, you know, certainly over the next year or so, there won't be the money to waste. Yet at the same time, if you spend nothing, if you do nothing, the businesses who are much more uh, marketing savvy and entrepreneurial and customer led, they will just eat up your marketplace. Yeah? Well, and that is a, a genuine warning to anyone. Yeah?
0: Absolutely. And again, if you want a, an apocryphal story on this, beginning of World War II, Bourneville was the dominant chocolate manufacturer and they stopped advertising and marketing. Cadbury's was some upstart uh, spin off. They carried on advertising throughout the war, despite the fact there was no sugar, no cocoa, and no milk. And when they came out of it, Cadbury's has dominated the British uh, chocolate market ever since. And Bourneville is something that you might buy a bit of cocoa from. But if you could name me five people that you know out of your entire network who've eaten a bar of Bourneville chocolate, you'll be hard pushed. And what happens in downturns is the first things that get cut are marketing recruitment, sales, and training, the four things you absolutely should be doubling down on. Those are the things you should not be cutting. What you should be doing is paring out the waste, cutting away the stuff that's crap. So Don't get me wrong, I'm a firm believer that marketing is a fabulous resource. Most businesses, I believe, should be led by people who understand, if not come from marketing. But these are pe- they need to be people who actually understand what works in marketing, and their ego cannot play a single part in it.
1: I sympathize with people in sales and marketing because, at the moment, because the world is changing. Everyone says, oh, the world is changing so fast, it's changing so fast. Well, it is, and it's not just the technology landscape, it is the buyer itself. And there is just nowhere near the amount of investment in businesses for training. When you say training, you know, marketing is a profession and it's an evolving profession and you have to keep training. But also at the same time, you have to keep, and I'm going to use the word education because that's wrong. Salespeople need to be part of that training and education because actually there's no point one side going, I understand marketing better than you, follow me. Because if there's anything I've learned, the the whole group of people need to go on the same journey together internally. We as a business, we put on a lot of events, and at times we try to encourage marketing people to bring salespeople along, and it, and it just doesn't happen anywhere near enough. And I know that, given the surveys that we do, that there is an improved, a much better improved alignment between sales and marketing, especially those people deploying ABM. ABM doesn't work unless there is integration, but still they seem to go to different places to upgrade, but in fact. You know, they should be coming together and understanding about customer as one and where they fit into that buying journey. And if it ever time, it is now because that journey is changing in front of us.
0: uh, Absolutely. And and this, I think, is really crucial. You're on the same fucking team, okay? And you are there for only one reason, because of the customer. Not in spite of them, but because of them. If you are not working together towards the common purpose of serving that customer and helping them get their needs met, then you are already a dead man walking or you're a dinosaur, pretty much extinct, but you don't know it. And James's point is really key. If you are not integrating your sales and your marketing and all the way through the customer journey from the first time they touch your brand in any way, shape or form And they become aware that you even exist or that your category exists. And then going through that process to make sure that the customer is front and center in everything that you do, that you are listening to them, you're speaking to them on a regular basis, that your chief executive is speaking to them, your finance people are speaking to them, your marketing people are speaking to them. And all the way through that life cycle, then what you're going to end up doing is dropping the ball somewhere along the line. Yes, it's what you then do is you give away market share, and to come upon James's really crucial point earlier on, selling to existing customers is substantially more profitable than selling to new customers. New business is the golden child; it's the the favorite son. Okay, whereas account management is seen as this oh, it's just order taking. It's anything but. A good account manager is a farmer with a sniper rifle. And what they're doing is they're picking off all those opportunities. They should be in those accounts, and they should be penetrating as deep and wide as they possibly can.
1: I couldn't agree more. The thing is, you know, it's a whole session. or no, It's not even a session. It's multiple sessions to actually work with businesses to fully appreciate how they do it, because there is not one great playbook that works with every business. But Ultimately, the number one thing is, as what we write about, and when we're doing it while well, training, and when we, it's the most critical thing is it's shared goals and and aligning the other KPIs you have together. So, quite easily, marketers can feel pressed into you have to deliver a thousand leads, a thousand leads. And, and they'll be going, oh, I can do that, I want to do that. But actually, surely what we should be doing is working out this, this rhetoric customer journey, so that, and with you, so we can work out what the most optimal point to introduce you, the sales guy, into it, and then how we support you for the rest of the journey.
0: Can we pick up on that? Because the middle of the funnel is where I see marketing really having its part to play. But very often, it's not really allowed in there, or it's uh, so focused on the KPI of new business and uh, generating leads. When you think about it, seven out of eight, on average, seven out of eight first meetings by a salesperson never result in a second meeting. Now, that's criminal. That Absolutely is criminal. criminal.
1: You know, I'm not, uh, funny enough, I, I, I didn't know that. And I could well believe you. That's, you know, interestingly, you know, we are a business which is, which is very sales and multi-integrated, and we could not afford to have that amount of wastage. You can't afford to hire a sales team. On average, one out of eight is actually bringing anything in. Yeah? It,
0: no, no, in no, a- no. It's worse than that. One out of eight goes to a second meeting, and then you have attrition to go further further on. Even if it was only 50%, it's a crime.
1: I think we're in a, a semi bubble, and we have to keep um, stuffing ourselves out of it that we are working with the best in the marketplace, and that gives us the opportunity to produce the best. Content. You know, it's a staggering number, and if anything, it just underpins the need for these businesses who must know they're doing, they must have these stats to go right. We need to take marketing seriously, we need to invest in it, and we need to invest in external consultancy, in subscriptions. I'm not going to plug myself, but you know, that might be interesting and attend events collectively. Because sales and marketing is the heart of a business. It really is. I mean, I've got a lot of time for, dare I say it, HR. I've got a lot of time for finance, yep. a lot of time for finance. Not when they um, act as bean counters, but you know, there are many areas of finance which are progressive, and those places with product development in it. But in fact, you know, sales and marketing are going to make or break a business, and they should be lauded as the front runners for corporate success. Sales have historically been given the accolade because they're the ones who close. But in fact, both departments together should be universally praised, invested in. And you know, if you think of the makeup of what a marketeer is, you know, marketing is a it's a huge discipline. B2B marketing is not half the market, it's an industry in its own self. And you do have people who are more creatively minded and they are going to be the ones working more closely with agencies. But ultimately, agencies do a lot of the creative work. Marketeers are the the entrepreneurs. They're the planners. They're the the visionaries. They they are they have to understand numbers. And when recruiting future marketeers and looking at the team you've got, they need to be scaled up or skilled up so they can tick a number of boxes. And, and it's a it's a tough gig, it really is. And uh, it's a role where you know you are should be more closely aligned to the CEO
0: than. Almost anything, yeah. Because absolutely. Well, let me ask you this: in your experience, how often are marketing brought into the war room when the salespeople are planning, um, you know, the next stage of a complex enterprise sale? Well, I should
1: know this number. All I know is it's getting it's better. It's getting better. Okay. Yeah. Ten years ago, the numbers were dreadful. Now you know, marketeers are at, are at, at senior levels. So you understand that actually on a corporate level, there will be a CMO at at one point in the business, but that might only be in the headquarters, whereas marketing directors or heads of marketing, whatever, might never reach the regional offices uh, board table. And I think that's actually probably more likely. Areas which five, 10 years ago weren't doing great marketing, like professional services, are now having CMOs as partners, yeah?
0: Sorry, I, I, was, I, I obviously didn't come across clearly. I said within the war room, when a sales team is working on a complex enterprise sale and they build this war room, they've got posters all over the wall, they're bringing in different people. Uh, different sorry, I, have,
1: I, I misheard you. But I think marketers are part of that. But the issue will be is, are they a equal partner in that? Or are they there to witness the magic that comes from <laughs> just a siloed sales planning session. And that, which that's, my have, point. that's my point, because they should be involved in that. Of course they should be. And, and again, you know, a company needs to have the right marketer who can do that. I mean, we, we've got many, we have a marketing leaders program, which has some of the best marketers who are driving these sorts of engagements forward. So actually... A lot of the time it's like, oh marketing they're not they're not in the center stage. well actually, marketers need to have be tooled up and have the courage and actually be able to articulate why they should be there and actually should be driving these things forward to start with, not waiting to be invited and I think the confidence in our space has never been as as good, and that's actually where it's coming from. people are not are not waiting to be invited, they are actually teeing these things up to start with, and they're showing value by doing it, not just by you know, petulance.
0: I'm delighted to hear that. I'd like to see more examples of it, because day to day, that's certainly not my experience. But again, the, the, you're operating with some fantastic brands and some organizations at are, are the, the tip of the spear on this.
1: We are in a bubble, in a sense, that we are working with the most pro- progressive with the view of sharing that. To those that embrace it and want to take it forward. And we, you know, that's our, our role in the marketplace to educate, train, and and kind of help orchestrate that, you know this landscape change in the marketplace. And you know, we are very proud to be part of the shift, this cultural shift within within businesses. Thanks. And are very happy to report on the good stuff because at the end of the day, we're not doing it. It's the marketers themselves are doing the, the hard work and a lot of the heavy lifting is done equally by the agencies in our industry as well globally. And it is cool. very much a joined up global market now than it's ever been before, partly driven by the fact that B2B is becoming progressively more global at the
0: same time. So tell me something. What are you struggling with in your business, in your world? Uh, not being able to go any events. <laughs> Interesting. So, how are you transitioning to the virtual world? Well, we've done. I
1: I'm done, very pleased with our team, and we we put on a number of large events, and we have one of our UK events um, on the tech industry get stacked. Basically, was scheduled to happen two weeks after the lockdown was announced. So we had to move particularly quickly, and you know there there are a number of there are a lot of event platforms out there. The team had to trawl through about 20 demos or so. Mm-hmm. And we nailed one. We've got a really good invented team to not just map over a physical event to a digital, but actually uh, be very sensitive to how people like to consume online. And in fact, you know, as a result, we were doubling the number of people who were attending. And That's a have seen through events here and in the States and uh, the future world for events. Events are really... Really clever, but I think actually you know, the main thing is that, that the market is changing. It's extraordinary, and you know, publishers, media owners, even corporates who use uh, live events as part of their their own sales journey or customer acquisition journey. You know, people you know might not come even after the lockdown ends, and there is a you know a great cure or whatever might not rally back to physical events. And I think many will because it's such a great. Uh, environment to to learn and to meet people but digital platforms have turned out to be beyond my expectation as a great way of uh, communicating I think they've got the platforms will only get better as this demand has just gone up to make them more interactive to have more of an experimental experience and you know, it was a bit of a nightmare to start with but actually it's turned out to be very exciting at the same time.
0: I agree. I'm really looking forward to how those collaborative platforms will evolve. What are you watching, reading, listening to that is influencing your thinking? And now would be an opportunity for you to uh, plug your subscription.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, it's just B2B marketing. B2Bmarketing.net. As things are happening in, in real time, you know, we rest a lot on the market and what the market is doing, talking to people. It seems so lame. I've talked to people. There's you know, there, there. We know some fantastic creative thinkers in the space. Other media owners. You know, we're all working through what, what is a very, you know, difficult time. But there's some real upside, and I, you know, certainly have a lot of optimism. Actually, we'll come out stronger as a result of it. And that sounds like a cliche, but there are some amazing opportunities through this.
0: I think we're on the cusp of a renaissance. I, I yeah. genuinely believe that those that have taken advantage of this crisis uh, will come out yes, of this much stronger. Those who haven't, they've basically signed their own death warrant, but yes. I think it's going to be really exciting the next few years. And properly
1: embracing digital, understanding it beyond saying, oh, we do email, Yeah, yeah. Uh, beyond it, uh, you know, the IT guy goes, we've got a CRM system, that's, that's digital 101. I think that yeah, I think it's really, I think it's really cool, I, 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 it, can't, it can't be downplayed. This whole digital revolution thing is, you know, certainly in our sector B two B was embraced, but it's, it's just being accelerated now, and we're gonna we're gonna get to the end quicker than we thought we were, and and you know, I know, you know there are going to be some losers, and I I worry about going you know into you know we're local you know going to catch town and retail is not going to recover. There's going to be a, a game change there, and I don't know how our little town centres whatever, are going to adapt. I'm sure they will do. They can't all be coffee shops after this. You know, and I wouldn't want to see, you know, anyone fail. But I think, you know, certainly the UK has been leading the way on marketing for a long time. There's all this stuff about, you know, who's ahead, US, Europeans. But I think we're, we're you know, people... CEOs embrace the idea of marketing. They themselves, if they're not comfortable, they shouldn't be embarrassed to say, I don't get it. Yeah? come to talk to us. Yeah, we'll explain it to you and we'll point you in the right direction with people who can really contextualize it in their environments. It's certainly true for, for salespeople. And there again, you know, we, we're not we're not here just evangelizing, you know, we really mean it. We and we have got many great examples of how these things are game changers and UK, US. Europe. anyone who's driving it forward productively are going to come out stronger. I mean, it's it's inevitable. It's not a cliche. So
0: how can people get in contact with you?
1: If you go through Marcus, Marcus and I actually have known each other for many years. Uh, He will put you in contact with me, james.farmer.b2bmarketing.net. Call my mobile 07980 554 376. So we've got a really great team. I love talking to people. I love hearing what people's problems are. We only want the best. I know that the services that we provide do not cover everything, but we know people who can help.
0: Are you hiring? You know, are we hiring at the moment? Yeah.
1: We will be. We, I mean, we are going through a transition ourselves. We've got a plan in place where we know that we will start hiring in a, around our subscription models and the way that we deliver through... Advisory solutions. We've, we have people in mind how we're going to do it. But where do I get most information? The one thing I've stopped doing is watching the news. Yeah.
0: Oh, God, uh, there's no, no value in that.
1: Absolutely none. I, I, I think it's, it's actually criminal. The, the fact is, I, I watch it with two minds one as a publisher so in the media space and how they are ruining their own credibility throughout this. It is completely unproductive it is completely unhelpful and it's not fact it is just hysteria and the what was called the trade space or the professional services professional media space is where you will get quality commentary quality ideas and best practice because we have to do that to survive and uh, and also we're passionate we love it and that's why we exist
0: so final question You can go back in time with a golden ticket and whisper in the idiot James's ear, age 23. What choice bit of advice would you give him? Buy Bitcoin early. (laughs) I feel
1: very lucky. I think we've had a really good ride. I think there are certain times where you close up, you know, the way that you go into the US, for anyone going to break the US, it takes three times as long and it costs four times the amount. Uh, I think I would have been should have been more prepared for that, but that's been a very good adventure, and it's working out well. I've always listened as much as I can. I love to talk, I've got a problem i, I can't keep talking. I know Marcus, you've got that problem as well. Now you're much more entertaining than I am i but I do listen, and I think I would have found more people to listen to at the start because most of the good decisions we made have come from people who have provided, honest, great feedback, and taking that time and mapping it over what you're doing. I think that's some of the best stuff. There's a lot of good people out there who want to help. Yeah? And, and one, part of that is one should give back. Yeah?
0: I couldn't agree more. Excellent. James Farmer, thank you so much.
1: Absolute pleasure, Marcus. You're a very good man.
0: Lovely. So this is Marcus Cowkey signing off from the Inquisitor podcast. If you found this entertaining and useful, then please email me at marcuscowkey at me.com or mcauchi at sander.com and get in touch over LinkedIn. And if there's someone that you think would be an interesting guest, then please get in touch as well. And maybe that's you. In the meantime, stay safe. Happy selling. Bye-bye.